it's time to shake up that paradigm. Welcome to Infinite Banking Radio. Hey everyone, welcome to uh, the podcast. We have a, a very special podcast. I, I say that I think every podcast is this is going to be a special guest, and a spe-, but I really mean it this time. Uh, so the the podcast we'd uh, we'd like to do today is actually a, kind of a memorial type of, of podcast, um, and we're going to memorialize in a, in a sense and have a discussion about uh, an individual that has uh, had a huge huge impact on me. I, I hadn't uh, met him many times or interacted with him a lot, but just the the material that he left behind, the impact that he uh, made on me has has sunk in and has really resonated and impacted the way not only I run, not only the way I run uh, Paradigm and run the business, but also the way I run my life. And uh, and his name was uh, this individual's name was Les McGuire, and I have uh, his uh, younger brother uh, Eric McGuire with us in studio, and uh, and we're going to talk talk about Les. So Les. Uh, uh, passed away in an airplane crash uh, eight years ago. Yep. Eight, year ago eight, eight years ago. Sunday. Uh, su- yeah, Sunday, yep. this Sunday, because today is uh, the sixth when we're recording this. And uh, it's amazing how how long ago that seems, but how yeah. how short it does as well. Uh, but Les, Les was an incredible individual. He was uh, in the financial services industry, and he did uh, a lot of seminars. He did uh, some radio and uh, did a lot of writing as well. And uh, so we're going to discuss a lot about uh, about him today. Uh, so Eric, uh, Eric is this is his second time on the podcast. Aaron, Eric and I met uh, about a year ago, about a year ago yep. this time, and uh, and looked at doing some uh, some business together. And so Eric uh, is uh, one of our advisors, and it's awesome, awesome to have him and his perspective on things in our meetings and uh, in our brainstorms and, and so forth. So Eric, it's awesome to have you on the podcast again. I'm excited. Thank you. This is going to be good. <laughs> So what I what I wanted to do is just I'll, I'm I'm probably just going to ask you a few a few questions about your brother. We didn't really prepare Great. much for this at all, um, but look looking at maybe just who who Les was. I mean, obviously you had a different perspective on him than than most, uh, but the impact that he made on you as as uh, your older brother. Why don't you just describe you know who he, who he was and the impact that he made on you? Great, yeah. I mean, he couldn't have asked for a better older brother, and I, I it kind of hit me when you were saying your introduction, I hear all the time people say basically the same words that you did. I didn't meet him that many times, but he had a huge impact on my life. And to sidetrack first for a second, less I remember at the time that he stopped meeting as much one-on-one with people and started doing seminars live was for that very purpose. And I got a little bit of a tingle when you said it, because I think he has to feel good now knowing that the decision he made back in the day to stop meeting one-on-one and start doing his live events and things was for that purpose. Cause he said, I can only reach a finite amount of people one-on-one. one-on-one. I want to have a greater impact. And it's, it just sunk in. He, he met that goal. He did it yeah. because I, that's, I hear that all the time of how the huge impact he had from very little exposure to people. How long did, how long was he doing something? Like when did he make that decision? It wasn't, very, it was, it was not long. Yeah. yeah a it was, year or so or probably yeah, a year and a half, two years at the most. Got it. Yeah. I mean, it's very, very short period of time. But he, you could tell he sensed that, that if I just go those two years meeting with 50 people a year, 100 people, a year, I don't know what the there's max we can so meet with. so much impact you're going to have. Versus now there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people that he's touched just from even one experience. People that will say, I went to a one-hour seminar once and he changed my life. 
And it's just cool to hear that. And obviously I have the opposite, you know, I grew up with him and it was just him and I, just two of us. Mm -hmm. So I have my whole life with him Mm -hmm. and, but he made the same impact to me. I mean, he was the perfect older brother to follow. He was my, my hero. I I see on your notes, you say hero is something we're going to get into, but I, everything I strive to excel at was because he excelled at it and I wanted to make him proud and live up to his example because he was great at everything he did. So that was one of the, so one of the reasons is, is he, I mean, he had a high, had a high standard. Yeah. What were, as, as you've interacted with individuals since his passing, what has been some of the core things that they have attributed to, to why that impact exists in their life? I think it stems down to one truth. And we all know that we resonate with truth and Les was big into finding truth. And when he found it, he lived it and abided by it. He disciplined himself that if he discovered a truth and he would, he would look to discover it anywhere. He wouldn't be blind to saying, Oh, this, this person I don't like. So I'm not gonna listen to anything they say. He was open to, he had an open mind to listening for truth. And when he found it, or when he found it, he embraced it and, and lived yeah, it. I, I think looking, reading his material, listening to him, record, listening to a lot of the recordings of him, he he really he, he despised the the financial services services industry from the perspective that it was all based on trusting somebody else. Yeah. Right. You 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 go out and you control the way in which you earn money. You go get a job. You're of value to somebody else, and you're paid. And then you take a portion of that payment. You give it to somebody that didn't earn it. And there's absolutely zero control you have over that. Yep. And it goes into an account. It goes onto Wall Street. It goes into mutual funds. It goes into all these different things. You have no idea what's going on. And essentially, it's hypocritical in a sense because you have something that you controlled and you receive remuneration from it. And then you put it into something you don't control and then has zero impact other than the person that's managing it and the government too. But that's another, yeah, that's another story. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But he... But it, he, he 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 did not like that aspect of things at all because he was very uh, principle based and looking at looking at money money represents something that you could have controlled and if you put into yep. something and you earn an interest on something that you didn't control it's kind of it's a it's a gamble it's a yep. risk and that's not principle based unless hated gambling hated it like and I mean, he, he wouldn't go to Vegas. He wouldn't spend the 20 bucks. I mean, every logical thing that people have gone through, I mean, there's heavy gamblers, but there's the people that say entertainment, I could spend $50 going to, you know, somewhere close, or I could go to Las Vegas. He, he hated gambling. He hated putting himself in a game that he didn't have control over and win. And he, so he hated even on an entertainment level, he's never going to do it on a principle base, like base your whole financial life off of it. That's interesting. No, I, I think, yeah, I think it comes down to, you know, and we were talking before we started recording is, is you, you look at a, a core set of foundational principles, which you can associate any decision, any direction you take, you take yeah. your life. And most people don't, most people are, I think most people understand what, what the, they've heard the word truth. It's probably been, you know, just over, overused. But looking at how they make decisions, why they make decisions, and the impact associated with non-principle-based versus principle-based is, is really what people gravitated towards. Yeah. People, people want certainty. They want certain outcomes. They want to have control. And the only way to do that is to associate your behavior with something that has worked in the past and has always worked. And yep. chances are, if it's always worked in the past and it always works now, that it will always work in the future. It's true. Whereas gambling is just one of those, hmm, I wonder if this is going to work. I wonder if that's going to work. Where it's kind of like, <laughs> there's been a lot of people who lived before you. Go figure out what they were doing, what went wrong, yep. what went right, and do what's right. If you don't, then 
the outcome is going to be uncertain and probably not very favorable, right? Definitely. Yeah. And, and that's the biggest part with, you know, talking the economic side of what we do is you can always find the one person that was in, lucky in the stock market. They gambled, they got rich. Now they're doing seminars telling you how to do it. And it's not because they have any magic formula. It's they got lucky. Yeah. And you don't see the thousands that suffered and lost all their money doing it. Where what we try to teach is duplicatable for everyone. It doesn't take one lucky circumstance. It's saying everyone can do it. Everyone can be successful with it. Takes out the risk and puts in certainty. And it's so in- it's so interesting. You have a lot of publishing done these days, and I'm not going to mention anybody, but it, you have a lot of publishing where uh, the authors or the individuals who create the company that publishes they make tons tons of money at that business, yeah. and then that business all revolves around investing. And because they've been successful there, somehow that is attributable to their investing, which is not the case. It's just they've been able to be a good business person. Yeah. They got lucky once and then they marketed really well. (laughs) Exactly. And one of the the hymns that he really liked, he would say one of his favorite ones, a line in it is, do what is right, let the consequence follow. And when you do that, when you discipline yourself, and the reason he sought after principles so well is when you learn a true principle and embrace it, you can live it and never have to, in the back of your mind, to be calculating what's happening in the back. It frees your mind up because you know you're doing what's right. Good will come from it down the road. You have to stop worrying about it. Well, that's, well I think one thing that I – and again, whether this was, was uh, based on what I learned from Les or just with my own, with my own study and my realizations is you know, every, everything that you do, everything that you say uh, has a consequence. Everything. Yeah. And if you if you don't realize that you don't believe that, then that's fine. But at the same time, that's what I that's what I truly believe is if you are negative, uh, if you say something bad about a person, it's it'll come around. There'll be negative consequences associated with that. If you do sure. make gambling type of decisions, then there will be a specific consequence with that. So the quicker you learn principle, the quicker you learn natural laws, yeah. the quicker you're going to achieve specific outcomes, and you can frame your entire life around that. And if you don't do that, you're just going to be kind of on a cloud being blown here and being blown there. Yeah. And you're going to, you're going to wind up at, in you know, somewhere, but it's all going to be based on uh, you know, what those decisions were, which had no basis whatsoever. So yeah. therefore, your outcome is going to have no basis either. For sure. And I think this – I loved what you just said because it ties back to where we started this. The reason I think he had such an impact with so many people is he was grounded. He didn't – he didn't change personalities depending on what the markets were doing. He was always the same with everyone. And he was so confident in what he was doing, being right and grounded that there was a stability that draw drew people to him. Well, I think you look at, you look at our lives and the different roles or hats we play or hats we have on or the different roles we play. And we have, you know, a a, a spouse role. We have a a father role. We have a friend role. We have a, a son or a daughter role and we have a business person role. And you really look at the foundation of all those roles. They're all the same. Those foundational yep. principles are the same, right? And, and I think that's what people don't realize is they have to be somebody else in the different roles, the different hats they have on. That's yep. not the case at all. Is If you look at you know, the, the stewardship you have as a business, doing things morally, doing thing, things equitably, create, creating value for clients, giving education, uh, explaining things, uh, yep. making sure there's understanding – 
how is that different from being a father and teaching your children? Yeah. Right? There's all these there there's similar principles across the across the spectrum. And sometimes in business, you know, a lot of people will will break principle because they think that's the only way to do it. That's the only yeah. way to operate their business. They have to do what everybody else is doing, which could be cutting corners or doing this wrong or doing that wrong, but it's to achieve a specific end. But at the same time, that's going to come back and bite them. For sure. And I think what we're one of the principles that we've talked about that less lived by and abided by is people are assets. And it's exactly what you're saying that he treated everyone as value. He saw value in everyone, whether it was his kids or whether it was his wife, strangers he met, clients, everyone he saw as value. He wasn't, you know, one person to a client that he he wanted to have a good rapport with and then treat his assistants terrible. Yeah. He was he looked at everyone and appreciated what everyone meant and the values that everyone had because everyone in this world does have value. Yeah. And that's one of the things he'd push too is he'd say, I'm great at what I'm doing. Every one of you have a unique ability and is great at something. Discover it, share it with people, get out there and, and change people's lives with it. I was as you were saying that I was thinking about just the the I think we attribute the 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 most happy points in our life with the relationships that we have. And I was thinking about the the movie Castaway, where Tom Hanks mm-hmm. went onto this desert, you know, this island because of the the plane wreck, and he wanted to end his life yeah. because there was nobody there. If he had his wife there, what would have been not his wife, but his girlfriend, I guess at the time, what what would have been different? Would yeah. he have felt the same way, been the same way? If there were other people on the island, how would that have changed things? But he was going crazy and went to end his life because there was nobody there. Yeah. And so I, I look at our lives and we look at the, the happy moments that we have. Uh, and I try to teach you know, here at the here at the company. I try to get across, especially to a lot of the employees, that relationships are the that are the core asset behind anything. You don't know who this person knows. You don't know what they could do for you in the future. You don't know what they're, you can do for them. Yeah. And if you look at people as kind of a means to an end, then uh, that is against pinch, but you're looking them at, at them not as a, an asset. Yeah, for sure. So what are some, what are some of the other core principles? Cause he, he wrote a lot of articles. He, he uh, focused in his seminars on specific topics. What are some other core principles that he, that he believed in? Um, one and I'll maybe let's it'll be a good discussion to go through because this is one I think that can help everybody on this call, no matter where you're at. And before I name the um, the principal, how he would say it, I'll take you through the discussion he took with me with. We were traveling from Colorado, where we grew up, both in the car together, coming back here to Utah because we were both living in Utah. We had just visited my parents, and I remember we were driving to Laramie, Wyoming. I can I can picture the spot we were, and he started talking about if you want to get wealthy, what do you do? And so he started just stringing out a lot of questions and I won't string it out as long as we did because he took, he made me dig deep and think of the answers. He didn't just give it to me. So he made me work at it. And as we, so he kept asking, someone has a dollar and you want it. What do you have to do? And, and I would come up with, we'll make a product or start a business. And I came up with all these kind of general questions and he, he wouldn't ever be satisfied with it. So he finally got me to say dollars, I would create value. So if I want a dollar from you, if you have a dollar and I want it, there's two ways I can get it. One is by force. And obviously that's a huge violation of principle. And so you don't go there. The second one is the only way I can do it is to get you to give it to me. And the way I do that is do something that's of value to you. And the reason I mention it here is every one of the people listening on this call is either probably an employee, a business owner, um, working with your kids at home. You're, you're influenced by people. And people are all around you. And, and it doesn't necessarily value doesn't mean dollars. Nope. Or he says dollars follow value, but value can be in lots of different ways. Yep. But 
if you can find a way that you are valuable to someone else, your life will be better for it. And that's how relationships grow is when, when you're, when you and I went to lunch a year ago, we could both see my life is better with Patrick in it. And you could think, Hey, my life is better with Eric in it. Yeah. And we, and that mutual respect for each other. And constantly, every time I'm in your presence, I think, how do I add value to you? And I mean, I know you probably have some things to say. No. So I, it was, so last night, um, my, cause it's cause school's out. So I have, I have two, uh, my two daughters, uh, they're, they both, uh, one finished second grade, one finished third grade and obviously their bedtime during, you know, school. So they finished this week, they, yep. they finished school. So their bedtime, well, was typically at, uh, at eight 30. And so we kind of, you know, con- you know, we seated <laughs> at nine o'clock bedtime and it was like nine Oh five. And Hannah was, uh, my oldest was sitting on the, sitting on the couch and there was this movie that came on that she loves. Yeah. And her and I came to an agreement uh, f- about a ma- two months ago when we were when we were away on a trip together. It was me, Hannah, and my my youngest uh, daughter, Megan. And we t- we talked a lot about we talked a lot about this principle, the idea of, of value. And and I brought up the equation of what is two plus two. And I asked them what what is what is two plus two, and they said it's four. I'm like, is two plus two eight? Could two plus two ever be eight? Could two plus two ever be one? Could two plus two ever be five? And I and I kind of got the mm-hmm. point across that that is a principle. Math is a principle. There are certain laws associated with that. Yeah. And I brought up that if they want, you know, if if children uh, want to receive some for, sort of value, there oftentimes there has to be value in exchange. Yeah. So with with Hannah, we just had a new baby, and so I tried this whole trip that I took them on was really meant to. Kind of get them prepared for the, you know the new baby and the, how life was going to change a little bit. So we talked about the things that were going to meet, need to be done around the house and certain behaviors were going to have to change. And one of those behaviors was you know their room and cleaning up the downstairs and making sure things are put away and things and things like yeah. that. So last night, as as Hannah is asking to stay up an extra uh, ten to fifteen minutes to finish this movie, I, I asked her, Hannah, you know this this is something that you know is not common. Right. This is something that you're requesting and something that I would really like to give you. And but at the same time, I've asked you to do specific things in helping mommy and helping me and helping the family and they weren't done. So do you think it would and she knew where I was <laughs> she knows me, so she knew where I was going. But uh but was what was great is that this morning, you know, both Hannah and Megan woke up really early when I wake up and started to clean up the, the kitchen and started to clean it, it's just when yeah. when you and cause what I told them, I said, Listen, I I would love, you know, I would love to get you a new bike. I would love to go here. I'd love to do this stuff for you. And I and I and I like doing those things for you, but at the same time, a belief that I have is that you need to uh live to some expectations that are yeah. that have been set. And if you don't do that, then I can't consciously w- within principle uh, you know, add some value to your life in, in that respect. And obviously yeah. provide, and this is kind of, it's a weird, it's a weird, it's, it's like kind of a gray area because yeah. obviously you're there to, to provide for your children. You're there to, but it's not just providing physically. It's, it's providing emotionally and intelligently as well. Then these are, these are core principles that if a child learns those, yeah. then that will carry into their school life. It'll carry into their, uh, their work life, et cetera. If they don't get those principles, then they're going to learn the hard way. It's true. That if they don't get them, there's going to be negative consequences. Like yeah, we talked I, about before. I love that you share that because as you're thinking of it, I was thinking of our my own childhood, and I, a lot of the credit, I guess, has to go back to our parents. And Les has said this on no, numerous occasions that 
Les got good at identifying and maybe naming a principle, but a lot of what we learned, we learned from our parents. So they should get a lot of credit too. But your analogy, I was thinking of when we were growing up, are you remember our parents saying your responsibility to the family or the value you add is to go to school, to learn, to work hard, do the things around the house. If you see dinner's over, instead of it being your chore to clean up, just chip in and clean up. And we never had listed chores. We never had allowances. And the concept was everything that the family has is yours as much as my dad. My dad went and worked. My mom stayed home with us. But everyone was in it together. And if we're all chipping in, we're all adding value to the family. Everyone has rights to everything. And that's how we were raised. And and I remember with you know cars, with gas money, even to my dad, I remember a specific time I was going out for the night. And he said, do you have any money? And I said, yeah, I think I'm fine. And he pulled out a $20 bill and he gave it to me. He said, well, you, you, something may come up here. And all my, most of my friends, I guess I, I shouldn't say all, um, many of my friends or, or friends from high school would have just gone and blown that and said, oh, free 20 bucks. And I remember specifically that time we went out and it was something simple. We did play basketball or did something that didn't require money. And I, the next day I handed it back to my dad and we had that relationship That's of, cool. you know, he looked out for my, me and I looked out for him yeah. and we were just raised that way that, you know, and that's kind of what you're passing on to your kids. And we're trying to do to our kids that, that there's value. If we, everyone looks at each other as value, we treat each other differently. So I, I probably did something I shouldn't have done this past week because <laughs> I, because uh, the first Monday of every month I do like a kickoff motivational yeah. training for, for, uh, for our, our, for the company. And, uh, and I, and I said something and I, I basically said, each of you are paid less than what you're worth. Yeah. I, t- I, I think this, I told you that. No, I, but this is, I, I had this concept in my mind today. No. So, so yes, yeah, so I, I said, and, I'm, and, and I paused, I said, each of you are paid less than what you're worth. And I said, if I were to pay you what you're worth, I wouldn't be in business. Yeah. And I wouldn't turn a profit. If business doesn't turn a profit. It goes out of business. Right. So I said that and I kind of, I kind of paused and I said, but what this means is something that is insanely valuable. It's the fact that the potential for you to provide value is infinite. Yeah. Okay. And if there's more value there, there is more compensation. Okay. And it goes to the principle of Hannah and Megan. There's a lot of, there's a, there's a lot of capacity for, per, for some of the roles that are at Paradigm um, to grow. Yeah. But there's not going to be remuneration unless there is that value. And if somebody came to me and they were creating kind of like your dad, yeah. they came and said, and, and they put in this in uh, this effort, they put in you know extra hours, they put in this project and this idea and this idea and really added value and proved that. That and then they asked for a raise. I mean, I would be like, that's where yeah. you would that's where you'd say, yeah, that that makes sense, and I'm willing to do that. Okay, uh, but but most people don't dissociate that. They look at, okay, I'm paid this wage. I'm paid this amount of money. I'm going to figure out a way to do the least amount of possible, yep. the least amount possible exactly. to, you know, come in at, you know, maybe uh, eight or I'm sorry, at nine 15 or, and leave at, you know, five 55. I'm going to yep. try to do the least amount of possible. Take all my little breaks here. Take all my little breaks there. Do the least amount possible. So I don't get in trouble. So I keep my job as opposed to, and this is probably a good transition into the hero conversation as opposed to really pushing the limits and associating the value you can provide to somebody with the financial remuneration that you're going to get. For sure. And I want to stay on this for just a second okay. before we move on because there's a good less story with this. And I wasn't okay. there, but I've heard Les tell it many times. So the details may be a little fuzzy, but you'll get the concept. Uh, an employee of Les's came into his office the same way, upset, saying, you're not paying me what I'm worth. 
unless just like you said, <laughs> oh, I know. And the person, you know, looks shocked unless then to rub salt in the wound or to teach a principal more. He says, and you know what? I'm ne- I never will. And then the person's really freaked out, you know, by it and really offended. And then he went on to explain that exact same thing that why would you ever pay someone exactly what there's what you know, if you, if someone makes you a hundred dollars, you're not going to pay them a hundred dollars. No, no. That's, you know, and if, and he went on to teach the exact same stuff. Yeah. If you want to, if, if I pay you a hundred dollars and you think you're worth 150, yeah. you have two choices. One quit and be, you know, start your own business and you'll find out or this other <laughs> do more, yeah. make me $200 and I'll be happy to pay you 175, 150 yeah. and do more. And it, it, it stems. And that's where I said, this principle is one, if you're an employee sitting at a job, it's easy to think my, I have an hourly you know, fixed wage or salary or whatever. I'm locked in. There's no way I can benefit from principles and make more money. It's ridiculous. It's exactly – I mean we've all been there frustrated sometimes where you go to a store and it's they open at 9 and it's 8.55 and you see the person twiddling their thumbs or on their phone yep. behind the counter. Be the person to open up the door. Yep. Be the person to show up 15 minutes early. Do a little bit extra. Work harder and owners will see it. Yep. And when they see it, they'll not want to lose you. You will be an asset to them that they can't replace, and they will compensate you for and it. And I, fir- I firmly believe that even if they don't see it, if you if you have that mentality and you go throughout your life recognizing the fact that you need to contribute more than you take, not no. need, but you will be better off if you contribute more than you take, then it will come around positively, whether it's directly or indirectly. Because yeah. most people look for the indirect remuneration, the indirect response. Yep. But a lot of things come around indirectly as well because people see it. Because yep. okay? think about it. Let's say we'll, we'll frame it a little bit different with, you, with your story. Let's say this multimillionaire business owner comes into that store every single day, but he comes in at 855. And you open the door and you have everything cleaned, everything ready to go. And, and he sees that. He's like, man, this person has is on top of things, yeah. and you treat that person with respect. You make them have a great morning. You you want them to be better off knowing that they've been with you for five minutes than not have been with you. Yep. And if that if that behavior goes on for a month or two months or three months, that multimillionaire may come to you and say, "Listen, why are you working here? Yep. I've seen your behavior. I want you to come work for me." So anyway, my, again, it's just a you know a, a hypothetical scenario, but that's what happens in the world for all sure. The time, less is one of Les's best friends growing up. And they're twins. One of him, he got a better job. I think he was a waiter at Olive Garden. I think was his job. Waited on a table and did such a great job. He got a job offer from it. Exact same thing, and moved up to a much better you know job that he liked even better from that exact hard work. You know, it, it happens all the time. And he, and he also, so I know in some of his seminars, he used to do the candy bar yeah. example to prove this point. And, he's, and he basically would exchange a $100 bill for a candy bar. And the person that was getting the $100 bill was like, they didn't, they like, they like felt bad. Yeah, they almost wanted to go sit down. They like, <laughs> like Les wanted to renege on the thing afterwards, like yeah. behind the scenes. Exactly. So it's, it's, it was, it's fascinating because people don't recognize that when they pay for something, what they're getting is more valuable than what they're paying for. Yeah. Or unless you wouldn't buy it. And again, this goes to just the principle of, of employment, being you know, working and getting paid for less than what you're worth. Exactly. Okay. So anyway, I think we beat that one. No, that's well, that's a good one. Yeah. Well. <laughs> but I think but what this really brought up is is this whole hero, this hero idea. And I feel that if you if you were to ask, you know, a hundred people on on the street what their favorite movie was. Yeah. Okay. They would it would be a movie associated with the hero principle, whether it's Braveheart or The Patriot or Finding Forest or First or or the um, Gladiator or 
uh, Forrest Gump or yeah. a lot of those you know very famous movies are all associated with this hero mentality. Yeah. So the hero mentality, let's let's kind of go through that. I took took some notes. So the hero mentality is someone that faces adversity, right? They mm-hmm. face they face a challenge, they face adversity, and they're the underdog, right? Yeah. They're not meant to overcome it. Okay, they're in this position where it's so hard, and the person viewing them on the screen is like, they're not going to do it. How can they do it? How can they overcome it? Yeah. But they do. They they comp they conquer. First, they accept the challenge, yeah. and they make the effort. This is why I love watching teams, and I don't care who the team is, it's playing. I yeah. love to see the underdog because I love to see them take on that challenge knowing that they're behind and come around and try to win. Yeah. I, lo- I love that effort. There's a different effort there than somebody that is actually trying to win ahead of the, their head. Yeah. And they're just they're trying just, not to lose. They're just trying not to lose, yep. seriously. And how often do we do that? But the, but the hero is the one that comes from behind. They accept the challenge yeah. and, they, and they conquer. Looking at us, we we could we first off. There's a reason why, in my opinion, people feel this way. It's why they gravitate toward these specific movies is because they 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 resonate with it, yeah. and they they are attracted to it in, in a sense. And there's a feeling, there's an energy behind it. But people don't realize that you can be a hero every single day in your life. You're we're always facing adversity, and like I think in a sense we're head. You know, we're winning the game. We're just kind of doing what it takes to get by. But that's the thing is looking at what our capacity is, looking at what our potential is. The potential of a human being is so infinite. Our brain capacity, the ideas, the thoughts. Look at what the world's created just in technology, which were once thoughts. Mm -hmm. Looking at that, what we could create, what we could do, what difference that we can make, we're always going to be behind in a sense. And if we start to face that adversity, face those challenges, accept those challenges, and subsequently overcome those challenges, our life will change if we take that perspective on things. And it's he was true. huge about that. He was yeah. huge about get off the sidelines, get in the game, play. Yep. If you don't think you're going to do well, who cares? Yeah. You tried. You did something. Yep. Yeah, so, for sure. And that's and, and I don't know where maybe that was is that something that kind of he kind of grew grew up with was that cuz you said in the beginning yeah. there was always a high standard that he that he had for himself. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and he was big about that. Do, you know, it's, I mean, there's lots of quotes with it, but yeah, get in the game and do it. You know, it's better to, to try and fail, you know, yeah, yeah, than, than to not try. So I think, and, and that's what I, you know, I, I, I look at my, I look at my life, I look at my kid's life and I, and I recognize or my wife's life, our family's life. And I just look at how amazing it is to have the challenges that we do. Most people despise challenges. They're afraid yeah. of what's coming down the pipe. But I think challenges are, it's kind of like lifting weights or doing exercise. It's, it's ripping your muscle, going through anxiety, uh, having anxiety associated with your body. But that's how muscle is, is built. That's how you yeah. get into shape. That's how you build endurance. And, uh, and there's a lot of life principle that comes with that as well. And it's, it's great because every single day we have challenges. Yep. But the fact is there's tons of people that overcome challenges which proves that we can overcome challenges. It's possible. Anything's possible. It's true. So, all right. Let's see what. Let's see some of the other things. The video game mentality. This is the other thing I brought up that I, I remember taking from, and it, it kind of goes with the same the same principle. If your life was a video game, yeah, right. So if life is a video game, then and you couldn't fail, right? Because yeah. I mean, in a video game, yeah, you can you can go into the video game and you can lose, but you can just start over again and play again. Yeah, right. And you can do that over and over and over and over until you get it. And yeah. Look how amazing people get at video games. 
Not because they get into it and they become amazing on the first time, because they get a lot of do-overs. Yeah, for sure. In life, we kind of get the same thing. Yeah, this is one. I th- man, we could do a podcast on this one alone. But this is one to, to sidetrack it a little bit with our kids. That our kids are growing up in a school system that there's one right answer. And not to, we don't want to too tangent this, but it's damaging to teach people that there's only, there's right, there's one right answer. Everything else is wrong and puts you in a box versus the game mentality of try, you know, be creative, try things, reach out, you know, strive for excellence. And, you know, often you fail, but often you succeed for sure. Yeah. And and I think the school system too is it all is focused on the individual. It's not focused on the, a, a group effort. Because I, th- I think with relationships, solving specific problems is so much more effective when you have a group, yep. right? And that's not taught. Collaboration is not taught that much. Because if you collaborate, guess what? You fail because it's considered cheating. Yep. So, I, yeah, I think blankets, the blanket statement as far as you know, education is concerned, yeah, it is somewhat damaging. And I feel, I feel a lot of what we're talking about is – there is this kind of social programming of sorts as far as what should be done, how it should be done, this way or the highway mentality. Yeah. And that's not just with it's not just with school, it's just with life in general. Here's how you should live your life. Yeah. If you have this checklist and all then there's check marks in each box, that means that you have a fulfilled life. Really. Exactly. Yep. So and on. and think, you know, not creatively, but you're you're individual, not think as a group. I'm kind of the Henry Ford thing. I can answer any question in the world. And we have this now with Google even more than he did. Yep. And anyone come in, punch a button on his, you know, call someone in. And he had advisors that knew answers to anything that he didn't have to know. Exactly. And Great if, point. If we're all together working as a team, yep. so, so much more powerful than trying to do everything yourself. No, your t- the team, the team mentality, and this again goes to relationships. If you if you have a team, you you are very you're less likely to fail. Yeah. Okay. Because you have others and their perspective to help solve problems that you may not be able to solve. Yep. But then that's, I mean, again, it goes to the whole idea of a game, right? Going to a game when you, a video game. So video games are obviously insanely popular these days, but video games, the reason why individuals want perfection, they want achievement, they want progress. Yep. And in a video game, they don't have to risk failing, okay? Because they, can, they know that they can fail, but they can start over again. Yep. And they can learn, okay, I'm not going to go up this path. I'm going to go this path. I'm not going to shoot that guy. I'm going to shoot this guy. I can go find this seat. I haven't played video games in like th- decades. <laughs> but it's like, you know, you, ha- you know how I'm like, you had like the little secret, you know, the secret, uh, like I remember Mario Brothers 3. And when you had like the secret thing, we get all these different lives. Yeah, or the secret code. Yeah. <laughs> or the Contra, up, down, left, yep. right, AV, or select AB, AB, select start or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Most people have no idea who Contra is, unless they're an art. I know we our just dated age. ourselves. <laughs> Seriously, but, but look, anyone from our generation knows, knows exactly the, what you're exactly. talking about. But that's the thing. It, it's kind of like we we know that because you know we found it from a friend or we you know found it from some some other group. Yeah. But then what did that enable us to do? It enabled us to achieve more. Yeah. Okay, and achieve more. So I think with the video game mentality, people love that because they love the progress. And this is one thing that I thought was important to, to bring up, just to kind of hit this point home, is I was I was listening to. I was listening or an article that I read about this like uh, this this uh, phone game called Flappy Birds, and it's kind of like Angry Birds. I think I think I got like addicted to Angry Birds for like a month. And I was like, "What the heck am I doing?" So I got rid yeah. of Angry Birds. But anyway, so Flappy Birds was this kind of similar game where the the programmer was not able to come up with new levels quick enough. 
Mm. And people were texting him and emailing him and threatening to kill themselves. <laughs> because Seriously, saying, my life is over because you're not creating levels fast enough. Right? Again, what is, it just goes to the mentality associated with a human being. Yeah. When it comes to games and simulation – you, people do, are, do not hesitate to put them put themselves on the line, yeah. put the game on the line. But when it comes to real life, they will not take those risks. For sure, they will not go talk to that person. They won't go talk to this person. They won't resolve this issue with dad or this issue with you know neighbor, etc. Yeah. They go through a life fear with with this mentality of fear, controlled by fear. Exactly, fear that they will. And I love that you bring this up because this, for those that haven't listened to it, go back and listen to our podcast we did on the economic value of certainty, but it brings, that's really where I get the core value. That's why I love what I do every day is I know what we do financially for people is take them out of that uncertainty and essentially get them into the game mode of, we remove the failure aspect. If you, if you learn the mindset and, and we talked about that this morning, there's a definitely a new way a paradigm to think about this as such the name of your company yeah. paradigm. When you think in a different way and start to see the principles that what we're talking about with our clients on a daily basis, there's principles backing what we're saying when you adapt the, or when you learn those and accept them, you remove risk from your life and you put in certainty that you can now have that fearless um, video game mentality with life because <laughs> you know you're not going to fail. You're you're not based on something that's out of your control. Well, you, you know. may fail, but you have like a backstop. Yeah, you have like a, you know you have a, a balloon or you have something to catch you if you if you do fail. Yeah, your life's not going to end because of no. something. And then once you do fail, it's not really. A, I mean, it is a failure in a sense, but you're able setback. to you're, yeah, it's a setback. But you're able to come back and you're able to try yep. it again. No, there was a so th- I heard once about this this uh, a financial newsletter guy and he had this big meeting with all of his, all of his employees and they, all they talked about was, you know, investing in this, investing in this and you should do this financially, et cetera. And he brought them all into a room and said, none of you should invest. <laughs> he said, none of you should put money into investments. Okay. And, and then he said the, the biggest investment is figuring out how to make more money, which in other words is saying, you need to figure out how to make yourself more valuable. That is the best investment. Yep. And really looking at it, we really delegate the growth of money to to other people. And it just and that's the mentality that we have is the fact that you know when people do that, you you're the one that bears all of the risk. Okay, if if they lose your money, you you lose, and you can't control whether they lose your money or not. Yep. And so look at what we do. On a, looking at what we do on a daily basis is like you said. It's it's kind of getting a person to understand that there's so much control that they have. There's a way in which they can be better off financially without having to put money at risk. Yeah. And you no, know, it is it is huge. I think sometimes we you know often take what we do for for granted just because of how you know often we do it. Yeah. So, okay. So this has been an incredibly long podcast. Where are we at here? Okay. So. Any any final we we'll, we need to do a uh, kind of a follow up to this. Oh yeah, we're gonna months. do. That's another thing that you know, without getting too many details, we've lo- unlocked some channels to start getting a lot of less content out. Yep. So, um, yeah, you just start following us and seeing what's happening because we're gonna be pushing a lot of content from less out there. So we'll post in the upcoming year. So yeah, so we'll post uh, we'll post this on on the on our blog and on yeah. our website, but then. Uh, Eric also set up a, a page for, um, for Les on Facebook. Yeah. And so if you type in Les McGuire, there should be, uh, there should be an, a, a group or something. I think it's, yeah, the top group 
okay. at least on my search engine it was. So. Cool. Because I know you have some articles yeah. that he's written, and I, and we've been kind of collecting some other other things. But yeah, now that it's kind of his, it's that it's that time yeah. uh, of year, you know, memorializing his his passing. Uh, we'll put some stuff up on there, and then we'll do some follow up to uh, to some of that content material. for sure. So, and I want to do a couple other shout outs real fast of just kind of tribute. Um, to one is the search and rescue and all, all across the country. But at that time when Les passed away it was such a obviously stressful point and they handled it so amazing that I want to give them at least a shout out of saying that just we, we, I developed friends from that experience that will be lifelong friends that were great, great people. And also the other two people that passed away with Les, you know, Ray Hooper, which equally was, he was brilliant. He was really, really good. He got this stuff really well. And he was actually really good at explaining it just like Les was, but he did it better almost in a one-on-one one basis. Got it. And so Ray Hooper was an amazing, amazing person and the pilot, Blaine Pugmire. I didn't know him before he passed away, but I obviously got to know his family really well you know, through that whole search and rescue process. I mean, it took days, so we were all out, the, out at the Utah Lake. And so his family was amazing and his wife and you know, getting to know his family, I could see what a great person he was too. So I at least wanted to mention them as well because I know a lot of people are you know, it's not just Les's you know, loss at that time. We lost two other great men. So, yeah. no, there's. I'll, I'll do some shout outs too. So, the, so there's a uh, there's a newsletter that I follow, and uh, and they the the guy's name is Stephen Palmer, and the the website is Life Manifestos, and Stephen Palmer does a lot of. Uh, he has a great great newsletter that's absolutely free, and he has just some really cool posters and some other things that just kind of help help with this. I think he, yeah. I'm not sure how Steven fits into the mix and how, how well he knew less. Um, but a lot of what he, he talked about, he's co- co-authored a few books as well, yeah. which were in- incredibly powerful. So, uh, Stephen Palmer, I think is, uh, and his, his website, lifemanifestos.com is a, is a really good resource. And also Garrett Gunderson, yeah. uh, Garrett was, was Les's, uh, partner yeah. at the time and uh, business partner. And, uh, and wrote, you know, killing sacred cows, and uh, has a really cool, really cool curriculum as well. Yeah. So, so shout out to them. All right, so let's we'll we'll call it a, we'll call it a podcast. I Great. think this has been an awesome conversation, awesome podcast, and I appreciate your your being here. And those that are listening that knew less, you know, get out and let's make this, you know, a good week. The last thing Les would want us to do is to put our heads in the sand or hang hang our heads low and you know mourn his loss. We should get out there and Produce. look at those that are around us. Look at the people we can be heroes to our family. Yep our spouses, friends, you know, be excellent this week for him. Be excellent. Bill and Ted's excellent. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, everyone. Thank you so Thanks. much for listening uh, this, uh, this week. And uh, we'll talk to you next time.